Welcome back to the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. I'm Kevin Brackens. I'm your host. Today we have Adam Shively. Adam is a realtor in Jefferson County, in particular. That's where I know him from. He brings a history as a school teacher and a basketball coach to over 20 years of experience. He services clients as what clients in West Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and soon Virginia. Adam, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Nice. I, I'm pretty sure I've known you for about eight or nine years at this point, just uh, from making moves, I think, in just downtown Charlestown, just in passing. But uh, thank you for being on the podcast, and let's let's dive into your background. Tell me about uh, where you come from and um, how everything brought you up to today. Right on, man. That's a long one. It is. Yeah. So 47 years old, that's a, that's a long history. So no, I... Um, Graduated from Frostburg State University, and I was a school teacher um, in Frederick and Montgomery County, Maryland. I was what years? Uh, 1998 to 2002. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I spent four years in the classroom and um, coaching basketball at Seneca Valley High School in Germantown, Maryland. And um, decided to go to work uh, with uh, an uncle uh, over a summer, uh, working for Ryan Homes. Okay. And I got into the uh, the... Building, sales, yeah, building. building sales, okay. sales. I was, I was an assistant in a sales center and then, um, Hold moved, on. So, so how does that work? <clears throat> is that, that's uh they build new homes, yep. right? And then people who want to move into that neighborhood come into like the sales office, yeah, sales office tour, and, and then that's how you work that out. Yep, yeah, there's a lot of sales training. Okay. They're a great training company. Right. Um, it's an, uh, Ryan homes. NVR is an amazing company, uh, to work with. And, uh, so I was there for a while and, um, and I stayed there. I was, I was with Ryan homes and, and working in that environment until 2006, uh, and decided that I would, uh, go to the other side of the coin. You know, there's, there's the side of the real estate where you're in the new home business, where people are coming to you in the model. And then there is the side of the real estate business where you are, uh, searching out your clients and taking them, you know, around and listing their properties on the outside. Gotcha. So that happened in 2006 and that was with, uh, Keller Williams Realty. And I was with Keller Williams Realty out here in the Eastern Panhandle from, um, 2006 uh, through 2015. Did you have to get a different sort of certification or licensing too? Oh yeah, you have to be licensed in every state uh, in all your states that you work in. And I did have all four states covered at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked all the way through. Actually, it was 2014 when I left um, the Keller Williams locally, and I went and uh, moved into the Keller Williams in Frederick to be mentored by a uh, fantastic guy. Uh, and their name's Mike Zorork, and Mike uh, was the operating principal of the Frederick office and the Columbia, Maryland office. And he kind of took me under his wing and, and taught me a lot about uh, brokerage and, and running a company and, and that sort of thing. And in 2015, I split off from Keller Williams, and I hired a broker and a fantastic office manager. And we had uh, Four State Real Estate started in Jefferson County. Did you start outside of the city limits? I remember when the downtown opened up. Mm-hmm. That was our first office. Okay. So our first office was at 133 West Washington Street on the corner across from uh, what was then Alfredo's. That's right. And um, yep, and uh, and we opened up there and, and we just started there with, with my office manager and one fantastic uh, buyer's agent that I had working for me that had followed me along from the original days of Keller Williams. And, what was uh, a buyer's agent? Um, somebody that works specifically for buyers, taking them out to see properties, whereas there's the buyer's agent and the listing agent, and the listing agent is the one that has the sign in the yard and, you know. For selling the property. Yeah, for gotcha, selling okay. houses, yeah. So, so one that was dedicated to buyers mainly, and uh, she's still she's still working with me every day today. And um, so we started that, uh, there, and we grew that to 
Uh, let's not let's not gloss over that. So yeah. that so that is by definition starting a business. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was it was it was wild. What gave you the balls to go down that path? <laughs> I mean, that's it's a big step. Um, you know, I was I was encouraged uh, heavily um, by my office manager Lacey, and um, and she really pushed me down that road to do this. And um, she worked with us the whole way through uh, from 2011 on. So so what are the what are the benefits to owning your own was it an agency? What, what yeah, real estate company? Yeah. Wait, what's, what is the benefits to owning one versus just being a a realtor? Well, you kind of make your own rules. You know, you get to be able to to run your office the way you want. So I was able to pick and choose from the stuff that I had seen with other companies, and uh, you go on a lot of recruitment. You get recruited a lot by other companies as you're coming up in this industry, and you get to see a lot of little things, and you're able to kind of nitpick and 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 pull things from other companies that are. That are, that are to the advantage of the agent and uh, agent friendly, and um, you mean like the nuances or systems internal stuff that yeah. work in one place or yeah, that one company is really good at something, and then you kind of adopt it to be your own. Yeah, agent splits, mm-hmm. you know, cost of the agent, um, monthly uh, bills that you don't want to see as an agent, copy bills and things like that that we kind of eliminated and made it a real agent. We 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 made Four State Real Estate a very agent centric. And, and company and tried to take care of the agent first. Um, and that was the key. We tried to give them the best splits in the industry, which are, you know, some of when they sell a house, some of the money goes to them, some, and some of the money goes to the broker. Most of the money goes to them and a small portion goes back to the broker, um, and the brokerage. And then, um, so we wanted to make that very agent friendly. Okay. And, um, and then as, as, Time went on and, and, and things changed. We grew. Uh, we went to about 10 or 11 agents in that first office. And then we moved over to 201 North George Street, bigger office, about 2,500 square feet. Uh, that was um, the Brill Attorney Office building. Now, That's right. Yeah, now it's the um, clothing boutique and the hair, the Studio M. That's right. On the corner? Yeah. That's right. So, I, I was trying to think. There was yeah. three locations. There have been three. Yeah, yeah. there have been three. Um, and uh, that building um, got sold. To another group of owners and uh we decided then to to not that was we were two years in that building and then we decided to move over to uh to our 122 uh, north charles street where i bought the building myself right right, right. I bought it from the journal that's right yeah yeah so it was a cool space and we we really did an amazing job of renovation in there we did that through the covid so um yeah, I worked. Uh, I worked with Bold Duke Construction on that at a Hedgesville, and they did a great job with the construction, and and they worked tirelessly through the the COVID months. Right. Um, and you know, COVID was kind of working to our benefit then, because really nobody was really doing much, and those guys could kind of just stay in the building and stay focused on on that project. Uh, so it's pretty cool. That's really good. Yeah, that's you got to have a passion. You've got to have you got to really believe in yourself. You got to be a gambler. Oh yeah. You got to you got to hedge and leverage different, you know, finances and right down to designing what your logo would look like. The amount of decisions sure. you have to make when you're a new business owner. It was it, you know, it if it's a not lot. a franchise or something like that, there's just a thousands and thousands of decisions that squarely stay on your shoulders. Right. It's it's a it's a real commitment. You and you really and sometimes you don't know how much of a commitment it is at the beginning. You know, to really that, that what you're really going to have to go down there and the and the people management was very very uh, interesting and, and and it had its difficult times. That's the hardest part I think of business. And um, when you're a real estate company too, it's it's very interesting because 
if you open an accounting firm, let's say, right, your the brain, the personality of an accountant, they have to have a certain skill set, right, right, to be an accountant. So you kind of know who you're managing to a point. The kind of stereotype, yeah, yeah, the the, the brain, the the, the way the, the accountant thinks, right? right. Real estate is so broad because you can be the accountant brain, or you can be the people pleaser. Or you could be the the teacher, the coach. You can be. There's so many different types of of uh, personalities that come into to the real estate game that managing all of those different people is very difficult. And that's that's the biggest part of owning a real estate company that I I, I learned very quickly that the calls you get at night, every single one of those agents would have to be a different type of. Um, Man- management style. Management style, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, if if I'm an agent and I work for a company like yours, what are some of the expectations that I would have to do? Because in my mind, I thought they were all just like mercenaries. They take calls, they go on appointments, they bring somebody in, and they want to. I, I just I don't understand that the business model. Yeah, it's the training. You know, it's it's learning how to get those calls. You got to get your phone to ring. Remember, there's you know 1,300 agents that service Jefferson and Berkeley County. Jeez. Or so. And I, I don't know where, exactly where that number is today. Uh, but it's um, it, when you look at 1,300 agents right now today, there's about 130 listings in Jefferson and 250 listings in Berkeley, let's say. So you have under 500 homes that are on the market and 1,300 agents fighting for those properties. Right. So it, you know, you got to get that phone to ring because there is no salary. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So you, you, it's that, it's that push to try to figure out how you're going to get out of bed and be unemployed every single day and know what you have to do to work this business. So that's the challenge that you want. And you want to pull out the best in every single one of your agents. So it's almost like as a, as an agent, you have to be a chameleon because you have to relate to a lot of different types of clients. But as a manager or an owner, you have to be not only a chameleon with your clients, but you have to be a chameleon with the, with the agents as well. And you have to be able to know how to reach each one of them in their personality and, and their and their skill sets. So it, it was very so it, under the <laughs> under the um, the theory of the duplication of efforts. Mm-hmm. Instead of you just being a realtor yourself, you decided to be kind of a coach of different levels of talent and part of the processing of a sale of a house was what you made as a company. Correct. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we would make a portion of that agent's income right. from the sale of the house. Um, the, 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 the split, we call it, uh, would be, you know, a, a large percentage would go to the agent and then a smaller chunk would come back to the brokerage that would have to pay for all the bills and expenses and our broker, because I was never the broker. Gotcha. Right? The broker is in charge legally of all the legal aspects of the salespeople. What, what I was, uh, in charge of was more the coaching and the building a team, building the team in the, uh, of operators that were operating pretty much on their own. Correct. So it was, you were a coach of multiple teams and people that were competing. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's real estate. That's, yeah. that's a real estate office in general. That's, that's what all these guys are out there doing who own real estate companies. They, and some of them take the brokerage role on as well, which man, I couldn't even fathom. You think about that, all right? You think about the—I um, mean, some of the some of the greats out here. Um, 
you know, the Larry DeMarcos of the world, right? The guys that are the broker and the office manager and the owner, you know, owning modern real estate. It's so hard to figure out how to coach and bring these agents up, but then also have the legal responsibility of the, in the paperwork side of it behind the scenes. To make sure it's right. Yeah, man. Cause you, you're, you're under the, under the law. These are all salespeople of the broker. So the broker is the name. Yeah. Okay. Get it. And the salespeople are, are underneath of that broker going out in the field, working with clients. So that's neat. I never thought of it that way. So basically you're a coach of multiple teams. You're like a league administrator, right? Like, and, and each one of those people is in competition with 1300 people. And of those 1300, how many of them are actually in, in under your roof? They're in competition with themselves as well. So owning a real estate company can get very complicated. Yeah, I get it. You know, I get it's it. Interesting. And then uh, you have a family. Oh, I have a great family. So that's, that's number one in my life. And I'm, you know, I'm a devoted 20 years. This is, uh, May 9th, 2003, as I show you the tattoo on yeah. my hand. Um, so that was, uh, you know, we're entering 20 years right now. And my wife's name is Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. Yep. And I got two wonderful boys, um, an 18 year old, uh, senior at Jefferson and a 17 year old junior at Jefferson. Um, both of them just fantastic kids and hard workers and good students. And, um, my oldest has, you know, committed to go play basketball and, and, and continue his education at Hood College in Frederick next year. So cool. Kind of close yeah. to home. Yeah. Staying about an hour away so we can come watch him and stuff. You know, it's great. And then, uh, my younger guy is trying to figure out his, his next steps as he enters his, his senior year next year and he's football and basketball. And, um, you know, it, it, but he's an avid fisherman and an outdoorsman. So that's, 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 so we got, how did owning your own company uh, impact the family life? Um, it was very difficult at the beginning. Um, if I didn't have, I can tell you this, if I didn't have strong office management um, of the administration side of the business, um, I, I really couldn't have done it all. Um, you need that. You need that help. Well, so let me backtrack then. So if you had office staff and office manager, mm -hmm. most likely they're on salary. Mm-hmm. So you had to have a team that was hustling hard enough to make rent, make the utilities, make the advertising budgets, as well as make enough to pay, well, I guess up to three probably I had, office. I had three salaried employees right. at Four State. And then I had a broker who was also on a uh, retainer. Or something no, he, like he was paid per deal. Per deal. On a per deal basis. So that, that kind of just goes into the overhead costs. Mm -hmm. But you got to pay three salaries plus coaching people who are competing with each other and make your own money to support a family. That's correct. That's hardcore, Adam. It was, it was, it's been an interesting run. Yeah. And, um, and, and so, you know, and that's based on a shifting market. Oh yeah. All the time. I mean, I was going Freaking through the, crazy, going man. through the 2000, <laughs> you know, going through the 2008, 2009, 2010 insanity, going through, you know, getting out of new home sales in 2006 and having two really strong years. And then all of a sudden having this market Tank. that went nuts and, and it was like, nobody knew what to do. And then coming out of that and having basically uh, 10 years of, of growth and then COVID <laughs> and it just, it, it's just been nuts. And COVID started off as no sales, mm -hmm. then explosion, crazy sales. Yeah. And then then probably crazier sales. And if I remember watching it correctly, then the junk hit the market. Then, then no inventory. Right. Yeah. So because now, and then that's where we're stuck still right now because the inventory at the end of COVID, man, I remember sitting in our sales meetings um, and telling the agents, guys, you know, we're getting close to a hundred listings in Jefferson County right now. 
we're getting under 200 listings in Berkeley right now. I've never seen it like this. And I was telling them, we got to watch this because it's really going to get a little freaky. And, and then all of a sudden we were at like 70 listings in Jefferson County and 130 listings in Berkeley County. I, these numbers, I remember these numbers in the sales meeting like it was yesterday. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on? Like we, and, and it, to recover from those levels, I'm not sure what it's going to take because we're still super low, super really? low. Oh yeah. 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 And in the 2012 to 2000, you know, 18, you know, we would normally see 400 listings in that were active, um, in Jefferson County and maybe 600 to 700 in Berkeley County. So then it's more than 75% down yeah. from what sh it could or should be. Right. What it was for years and years and years. And that's crazy. Yes. And then, and then, and it's all, it was all, you know, the, and one of the things to, to think about was that West Virginia was one of the few states around us who, um, let real estate stay open for the entire pandemic. They called us essential employees, thank God. Mm -hmm. But that also decimated our market because the people that were buying, they were buying up our houses out here during, during those COVID years, they weren't permitted to go into houses in Maryland. And that's a lot of our people were Maryland folks and they were coming out here to buy during that time. And there were very few homes going on the market because people didn't really know what to do. Right. So sure, yeah. it was a weird time. So it decimated our, our levels. And then put us into this kind of thing that we're still trying to figure out today. Nice. So then did you learn any lessons from that? Oh, yeah. Like what? Um, you know, it goes back for me, though. I mean, I just <clears> – <throat> one of my favorite quotes um, is the biggest mistake we make in life is thinking that we have time. Mm -hmm. And that quote has stuck with me from the time I was I was a kid. Uh, I lost my father in a car accident when I was in sixth grade. Um, my brother was in kindergarten. It was like one night you were this happy family. The next morning you were like done. Like everything was crazy for a while, you know. And when you when you lose somebody like that, it sticks with you for your life. And I mean, it's been 1986 that that happened, December 2nd. And that affects you your whole life. You remember that feeling of... Uh, what that created. And so I, I try to live every day and fill it up, obviously the fullest that I can, because I, I want to get through my experiences. It drives my wife crazy because, you know, I feel like everything has to be done today. Right. I feel like if, if I if in my head, I can't move on to the next until I finish what I was supposed to do today. Cause I don't know if in my brain, I don't know if tomorrow is going to be there. So it's, it's this be grateful for what you have right now today and that's that that's kind of this thing that, that has stuck with me my whole my whole life and it's it's defined me as a as a person um one of the biggest problems with that is it it doesn't necessarily having truly believing that and feeling that and living that way may not make you the best business owner right sure because you you are it, you just can't get through it all today, and and you want everybody to be happy today. And I only get forty five to sixty percent of what I have to get done per day done right. per day. Right. And there's always a backlog and an overlap on the next day. And Kevin, I'm telling you, that's I if I, I can't go to sleep at night if I don't wow. <laughs> figure out how to get through this list of things that I have to get done. And it's it's been you know that's been my whole life, but it, it makes business owning very difficult because you want. 
if it's truly ingrained in your person that this has to happen and it's who, what my personality is, it can be very frustrating when people around you don't share that. It can, it can work you up and get you, get you upset when, when you surround yourself with people that, that, that don't have that same mindset. And it's hard because it's, I know it's not always the right mindset. Well, business ownership isn't the right mindset for a lot of people, right? Some people just see jobs mm -hmm. or they see their own career path as their, as an operator underneath right. your umbrella. Um, so, and that's what kind of led us to where, where I am today. You know, I, I walked away from the pride of, and, and of the business ownership. I, I put that, I had to, I realized that what was happening in my life around me to the things that are most important to me, my family, my kids, um, my own inner peace, um, my feelings that I, I need to be grateful for what I have. It was, it was, it, it, it began to, to be affected by, by certain things and, and I needed to make a change. And that's where I decided in, um, all through last year really was, it was kind of going down this road, but we decided to divest from four state and I went back to where I was with Keller Williams at the very beginning with Sampson properties and being an agent when they opened out here in, in Charlestown and I needed it. I, I wasn't, my, my brain wasn't working right and yeah. my heart wasn't working right. It, things weren't right within me. That introspection is, is crucial and congratulations for having that because a lot of times people can get bogged down by the day to day, mm -hmm. whether you're a business owner or not, but it sounds like you've had uh, maybe longer than a year, but maybe a year long kind of coming to Jesus situation where you knew you were not being who you wanted to be, I guess. Correct. And even though it's an extreme option, you define that owning the real estate company was the cause and as a reset, as a reset kind of, or yep. it was, it was a big part of it. And it was, I needed to try to figure out what, needed to change to to bring back a passion a a a fullness what i hear is peace man yeah yeah that's the word i mean it's just it's peace. peace and 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 the gratefulness you need to you need to value every day so much and, and if, when you start to get away from that and you start to not uh feel that gratefulness in your world there's got to be changes that, that in, in some, you know, sometimes, you know, people look at it and, you know, I don't know. That's why some marriages fail, I guess. That's why people jump from job to job. That's why they, you know, that's, that's why they go on a month long vacation. They got to reconnect and try to find this, this, this piece again. And, and I, and I feel like the, uh, one of the biggest things for me that was causing me anxiety and stress needed to change. Um, and I needed to be more focused on, uh, on who I am. So essentially back in, I guess it was like February. Um, it was really a funny, a funny phone call. Um, and, uh, for the agents out there that are listening, I mean, you guys will all appreciate this, but it was like, I, I was sitting in my family room in February and it was raining and like icing and nasty. And I was sitting in front of my window and I was frustrated because I just didn't. I wanted to work. I wanted to go outside and yeah. get some fresh air. And it had been like three days of rain. 
and I, 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 I got this flyer from one of my good friends and an agent at four state. And she said, look at these guys, these Samson property guys, how are they doing this? And I looked at it and I said, I have no idea. And I just sat on my crawl dad for a second. I was thinking, and, um, I pulled that flyer out on my desk at my house and, um, and I decided to make a phone call and I, and I was frustrated by this, by what this company was offering, um, agents out here in, in the Eastern Panhandle in this new office they were opening. And it was stuff that I couldn't even touch as a small brokerage. I mean, it was, you know, hundred percent commission splits. It was like free, you know, copy fees, no, E and O insurance. It was just, everything was free. And I said, how are they doing this? Like where, so I called him and I was very frustrated. Right. My, my phone call was very frustrated because I was a business owner. You know, I was, this guy is going to come in here and mess us all up. Right. right. Yeah. Why are you going to come in here and disrupt us? We're doing okay. You know, this is, we're surviving. Yeah, we're surviving. And, and, um, so I called down there and I called to, to Chantilly, Virginia. And I said, I want to talk to your CEO. I said, I, I just, I want to figure out why this, this, how you guys exist. And, and she said, yeah, I'll send you right down. So I got the answers I needed. And it was it, the frustrating phone call where I was like, what in the hell are you doing to our local real estate economy turned into, wow. You guys have a really cool concept. And it was a 45-minute phone call. And that one 45-minute phone call kind of sat with me until all through the summer and the fall. And as things started to slow down, I got a chance to really think about what he was saying. And, and in October, I kind of made the decision that that I was going to offer this up to the agents. Hey, guys, let's go. Let's go together if, if you guys are up for it. So I brought it back, and I said, I, you know, and in that time, I'd been researching other options and things, but I said, let's, let's make it a, let's make it a team. Let's all go over there. Let's all work together and go over there. And it didn't work out quite as like I thought it would. Um, well, I mean, let me just uh, hold on, man. Yeah. <clears throat> this is called the break it down for Bragg's podcast. Sure. So yeah, we're going to break it down just to make sure I understand and anybody who's right. listening is understanding. Cause I don't, I don't like it when I start nodding and agreeing with everything yeah. you're saying, because it <laughs> means I'm glossing over some things. So you're saying that. Samson came in with a kind of a disruptor system without a doubt that was different than what you were doing and most other systems you'd seen were doing, particularly Correct. in this area. Yes. After talking to their CEO, which is a baller move, Adam, that's awesome. Um, it marinated well enough that you brought it up to your entire team that you're coaching to say, Hey, things are challenged at four states. So, what if we did this Correct. and we went over there as our own team? Let's go. God, and, man. And either, any, that's, that's incredible. That's really great leadership on your part. I tried. I tried to, to do that because it was, I didn't want to just not have an answer. But you're able but to I knew, stow but your I ego. That I had to, yeah. You stowed your ego. Correct. And you said, this is not ego. This is business. This that's, is logic. It made sense. And these are things that make sense and they're doing better than we are. Mm hmm. They that's, have a better, they have so a better that's, way. That's so huge. And they have a way that they're doing it in a way that a small company can't. So I can't offer you what they offer you. And the, the, I guess the, the driver to it also was this market. You need to surround yourself right now in business with tools and resources that are extremely expensive. It's true. You know, your marketing stuff and the marketing budgets that you have to have. I can't afford marketing right no, now. No, it's insane. And, and that's the thing is like, so 
it was a bigger company that had a ton more resources. And that was my, that was for me, that was, that was kind of the, that was where it went. It was like, you know, I can't do it. I can't do what they're doing and I want to. So let's figure it out. Um, and that was, that was in October. And, uh, yeah, so you can assume some people wouldn't buy in. Some people would, would, would think it wasn't the best idea. Um, and it's hard when you're a leader to have kind of an open door conversation, you know, Hey, let's just spitball this. And then to have in in the perfect world, everybody agrees. Great idea. Let's all go. Let's go do it. Let's just run with it. But you got head, you got, you met some, some challenges or people that didn't see the vision that you had, Mm -hmm. but inevitably you still decided to move away from because not necessarily it failed. Mm-mm. It was no longer working in the current climate. So it, without without sounding terrible, it's like you kind of started to go extinct. It could have been that way. Okay. So what I, I tried to preempt that. So nice. essentially what – in 2001, remember, we were the largest independently held – in 2021, sorry. We were the largest independently held brokerage in the eastern panhandle, Berkeley, Jefferson County. Okay. So we did more deals and more volume than anybody else in the eastern panhandle in 2021. So we were successful. But for reasons that I can't even, it, it would be too boring right. to explain. Um, it was also the least profitable year we had. Sure. Yeah, I get it. Okay. So yeah. there would, as the expenses go up and you don't keep a balance and you're, you know, you're doing things for free all year long and, you know, people around you that, that, that deserve bonuses and things like that, you can't do it even though. Out on the street, everybody, everything looks great. Right. The books just weren't balancing. Things weren't yeah. exactly the way they were supposed to be. So it was very successful. And it was our signs were all over the place. We had great agents. I mean, I look, we have we had agents that were at Four State for, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years. I mean, good good people, man. Just yeah. awesome. That's who we hired. We hired good, solid, decent, you know, family loving, West Virginia loving people who were just awesome to work with right and um it just but if there's no houses to sell man yeah. and there's no houses to buy you got to find a different then it's almost like i tell you what the mcdonald's on washington street if people stop going to mcdonald's mm-hmm. or if they're down 75 yep. percent gross yep they are going to close. It doesn't right. matter what kind of business it is. If, if any business is down 75% sure. and they carry even a little bit of overheads, yep. it's not justifiable. You right. have to close part of it or all of it. Right. I, I get it. I so get it. It so, was very, very difficult. So then, so what what happened next? So did, did, did you guys just all go over to Samson? No. Okay. I, I wish. Okay. I, I do because I, I – I, there were a lot of folks that, that well, we went, don't have to get in anything sensitive. No, there were a lot of people that went in other directions. Okay. And, um, I Which lost, anybody's allowed to yeah, sure. There are, can, everybody can make their own decisions. That's and, right. And I, I thought that I was presenting everybody with the, with what I, what I still feel is, is the best option in the area. Yeah. And, um, but there was a lot of frustration, pride, pride ego, frustration, That's and fine. people that grew with, with us at four state that, that I wish I was still working with every day today that I can't, because of because of my choices, um, and business choices, business logic choices. decisions, correct, not personal decisions. Not personal. It was right. never personal. It was absolutely the right move for my business. Business, yeah, yeah, gotcha. And and 
you know, the door and my door is always open to the people that decided to go in a different direction. I would, I would love to reconnect with some of these people on a, from a, on a business side, business perspective and, 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 and move forward with them in business again. But maybe some bridges were burned or something that's like correct, that or yeah. emotions got kicked in, whether that's it was right. from you or somebody else. And it's yeah. a, yeah, I'm sure it's a heated situation and I feel bad for you, but it's always from, I assume from your point of view and what would be my point of view when you're, when you feel confident you did as much as you could within reason to provide options. The then... weight's off my shoulders, man. Right. I feel good about my decision. Oh, that's I awesome. wake up every morning feeling like this was the right thing to do. And it's interesting because, you know, basing four state real estate on a, on a nice family model and, and keeping a very friendly office atmosphere and being very agent centric, trying to be as agent centric as we could to the agents that we had working for us. Samson properties, that's one of the things that sold me on, on their whole concept. There's 5,500 plus agents God. on 34 different offices. And it's still right now, even after the little bit of a honeymoon period from November till now is, is kind of starting to fall fall off. It's not a honeymoon anymore. Now I'm really seeing the inner workings of, of how it goes. This is, this is a company that does care about family and does care about keeping office, the office environment strong and everybody working together and coaching each other up and, being open to questions and answers and, and everybody kind of just working together. It's, it, it is that model. And I love that. I love that. So I, I, you know, I love that I moved from something that we created as a family business to a bigger family. It's, it's just, it's, it was the right move. Well, let's go back to the peace part. So you, yeah. you eliminated the business wasn't necessarily a pain point because it had its tentacles into your entire life it, it was it was like a virus it it was fully you're fully engaged all the time right yeah. and then the decision which probably kept you up many nights making it was made yeah how long did it take for you to feel the the peace that came after that um I think it's been it's been recently. I've been I've been feeling that this was definitely the right move, uh, but, you know. But I knew I wouldn't have done if I didn't feel that before I decided to make the decision. I wouldn't have made the decision. Sure, but I did feel that that this was the right move. I felt peace about announcing it. I felt peace about telling everybody what was going on. Um, I I truly had a you know I, I had every intention of of. of you know, pulling and, and getting as many people to, to go along with the vibe as, as I could. Um, and, and then, so it was never really, there wasn't just this aha moment in the last month or two that, that, that say, Oh, now I know it was, I knew it was the right move. I, I, I felt peace about, about making the decision. Um, it's just recently, there's always that honeymoon period. You know, when you, when you join a company, they all, everybody wants to make it great. You know, oh, sure. they want it, the people that own it want to show you. And you know, I would always, when an agent would join us, you want to make them feel beautiful with the first couple of months, you know, and everything. And then you, you, that, you, that kind of falls back and everybody's been there. You're into your day to day again, you know, right. it's normal. But the day to day is, is, is legit. Good. And it's, it, it's so, yeah, it, there's never, it's definitely been a, there was a piece at the beginning and there's even more of a piece now in my business world. And I can be, I'm back to being what I want to be. That's the biggest, I think that's the biggest thing that I, that I'm grateful for today is that, you know, in my business life, I'm back to being 
concerned about my clients first. You've gone back to the character that you were yes. before the stresses. Why I left teaching. Yes. You know, because now I can get back to teaching and coaching the clients and working them through the process and helping them solve their problem and getting them into a new house or, or, or selling their existing house. That's the focus now. There's not no more of the minutiae of the office, no more of the of the late night calls, no more of the of the stuff that was that was taking away from the care and concern that I could give to my clients. Um, it's now I can be completely client centric in my business. Sure. And, and mm, I can, I mean, I've owned a couple of businesses and about once a, once every two months, I fantasize about having a job, yeah. you know, it's being like, you know what, man, yeah. I'd like to get to work around eight thirty, nine o'clock, maybe do 30 tasks mm -hmm. weekly and get then back to the emails in the morning. Yeah. And yeah. like, I'm just not going to reply yeah. or answer yeah. and. But then again, it wears off because I know I'm the personality that doesn't uh, mm -hmm. do well with a boss, so or being told what to do. So right. I'm good guiding my own self, my own self. But I also I understand about bandwidth. I understand about what's. I, I learned what was right. too much. At one point, I owned five entities, and you know that was a very manic time of my life. And I'm happy to to be down to just one now. Mm -hmm. I get it. So it, it's in the same vein of what you're talking about. I'm able to manage and handle now at any time there's two other companies in development, right? But usually it's like the game of risk. Like I'm just working through this system. Like how, how's this going to play out? How's my strategy? And then I'm like, Oh, Pull back. Like, wait a minute. Did I just reinvent Parks and Rec? Yeah, my bad. They're already doing this. Right. The, the county has it under control. Yep. Um, yep. But the um, – I feel you. So – but finding finding a piece is great. And I remember when you posted on Facebook, whatever month it was, that Four State wasn't going to exist anymore. And any business person like me would have been like, oh, man, that's that's mm -hmm. truly a bummer. But – People don't necessarily reach out, no. you know, and it just looks mathematical and like, oh, what a bummer. Mm -hmm. Things are just going the way they're yep. going. Yep. I'm really glad you came on the podcast because in our pre-meeting, we didn't necessarily intend on going down this particular path, yeah. but it's it's telling the story of of what happened. And I, I like that because you've, you've found almost like a temperance and you get to rebuild your character who right. who you are and still do what you love and still have some of the team around you that you were with yep um There's some great people that came over to samson with me and they've been fantastically supportive and you're able to still do what you have a passion for mm -hmm. without the responsibility of the big game right yeah that's exactly right now it I, was yeah. it was kind of like the middle ground when you said that you dream some days of having a boss and going to a, a normal job yeah I have that too. And I went, I went, actually went back and I, and I, and I had been accepted into a master's, a master's program for guidance and counseling. And I was going to go back into the school system. Right. Yeah. And Hey, who knows? I still might, you know, sure. And, and finish up there. Uh, but, uh, you know, real estate's such an interesting game because it's like now I kind of have a different, a whole, whole different setup where there is kind of like another boss there, but I'm still my own person. You know, so it's not like in real estate, you never really have a boss. You're your own animal. Right. You have to go create your job. Like I said at the beginning, you wake up every day unemployed. 
right. the way I look at it. And I've always looked at it like that. For 20 years, I've looked at it like every morning when I roll out of bed, I'm unemployed. What am I going to do today to get more business? Right. Right. So, but, you know, now not having to be uh, the owner um, is, is just that, that whole stress has just been such a, good for you. such a weight. Um, and uh, you know, I, and I do, and I do miss some of the relationships we had for sure. But, um, and, and those can, some of the ones that are maybe more volatile, maybe will be rekindled in time, but nice. Yeah. Hey, here's hoping yeah. you, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember, were you starting to dabble in flipping houses? Yeah. 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 That's I didn't wish that on you at all, bro. I I remember seeing the questions you were asking mm -hmm. and I would chime in sometimes. I'd be like, bro, I don't know if you want to be messing with the questions you're asking are really hard. Where are the contractors? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Help me. Right. Are, yeah. you, are you still messing yeah. around with that? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I'm, I'm still going down that road here and there. Um, I've done, uh, I think I did six flips not to fit. I have in 2022 and I still have two, one that has to settle. And another one that I'm working on, and then I'm going to take a breather for a second, and then um, I'll probably try to focus on doing maybe one or two, one at a time, versus like multiple. That sure, multiple houses that you're trying to work on really drags on you. I mean, it, it really takes its toll. Because contractors get too overwhelmed, they take on too much because it's a, oh, yeah. it's a feeding frenzy for them. Um, Bracken's painting. We don't start. A job we can't finish right because we don't get paid we don't take deposits sure so we don't get paid till we're done so we're right. there to crush a job yeah like we come in heavy and we have four crews now yeah which is that's mind-blowing amazing yeah i am very blessed and yeah like you i focus on coaching my leadership team yeah and then under my leadership team i bring in people that we believe might be talent and right. sometimes they aren't sometimes they aren't but you know they'll wash themselves out but i I pride myself on coaching leadership teams and helping them run their facets. See, I remember business. when it was just you. I know. Yeah. You had paint in your beard. I know. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Every day. Yep. And that, that was not my spirit. My spirit is a, is a, someone who runs a business. Right. I can always fall back and paint under hard times. And that happened a couple of times during COVID mm -hmm. with the whole mass re resignation. Yeah. But, I kept it alive, but I remember seeing you going down and say, I'm looking for carpenters. I'm like, good luck. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. And at one point you're looking for painting. I'm like, you can talk to us right. when you're under duress. Like if you really need something done now, right. have Brackens come in and take care of it. Because we're, we're not flip You're not going to be the flip painter. We're not flip no, quality not, and we're not flip schedule. Yeah, you're not in and out in, in eight hours and right. – and Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. We're, we're, we're rolling. Right. It, it was your, your, your job is way, is, is more valuable than that. And it's, and it's, uh, it, sometimes it doesn't fit the flip budget, which it shouldn't because the job, the quality is there. Well, what I think when it comes to flipping, this was zero experience. Okay, bro. I tried to flip a house back during COVID. <laughs> Hilarity. <laughs> That's what I was saying. When, the, when the junk hit the market, one yeah. of the houses I was flipping was, it wasn't done. Right. And I was like, I just need out. I want yeah. this pig gone. And we still, we still charged something like forty thousand over mm -hmm. what I bought it for, and I didn't even finish the work. I think I did more damage to it <laughs> trying to flip it than, yeah. and yeah. just the market was able to bear what I asked, and I was really happy for that. But yeah. why can't there be? Because everything's going up, mm -hmm. all the prices are going up. Oh yeah. If That'd you take be. a house 
in any any area and you don't it's not a junker mm-hmm. it's just a little bit rough right new flooring some new bathroom updates fixture updates mm-hmm. paint kitchen light overhaul right why can't you as someone who flips homes bring in less headache higher level talent so you call ct floors jeff just bought that you know he's gonna do the right work because Mm -hmm. you can lean on him and you can rely on him brackens will do the right painting the bathroom guys once you find the right guys to do it Mm -hmm. the fixture guys are always easy to find because it's easy work why wouldn't somebody who's flipping pay more to and what's it going to be? Well, you're reducing, you're getting rid of the general contractor in that case. Right. Because you're, so you don't have that expense. So it does work out to be probably about the same. My problem is that I, um, I go to the extreme. Okay. All right. I, I get emotionally invested. I'm a, I'm a pretty emotional dude. So okay. just, you know, in, in every respect. So I get a little emotionally invested in the houses. And I think about how they're going to live there with their families, and I take down walls, and I have to get permits, and I have to get. <laughs> so I, 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 you know, I open things up, oh, I make no. the kitchen spread out, I, I do like things that you should never do when you're flipping, oh. in the in the true flip sense of the word, right? You know, but you know, removing walls between the dining room and the living room to open it up, and adding a breakfast bar, and putting a new header in, and a beam in, and LVLs in, and 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 then you know, it's just that kind of stuff is is you need permits, and you need a general contractor to go and apply for those permits and you need somebody that really knows how to do it so the house doesn't fall down on them in the end. But you want it to be, you know, for me, I, so I always take my flips to that next level. I see. Which I have to, I either have to learn to not do that or, or learn to not flip. So it's one or the other, you know? So well, I've, I've talked to people who, I have <clears throat> a friend who has done two flips. Super rookie. Yeah. He does the majority of the work himself. Right. And boy, can you tell. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not premiere. Yes. And I work with people, I work with clients who do that. Right. And when it's not premiere, you're, you can't get premiere money. Mm-mm. But somehow, they still do. Yeah. They... Which tells me, if you hired contractors to come in that cost 20 to 25% more than the janky mm-hmm. helpers. Right. Right. Isn't the the lower level of headache worth it when you look at what it costs you to flip it? Mm-hmm. But then because it's done correctly, nicely, and you paid that 20 to 25% more, can't you just put the price higher? To a point, but then you, then you run into the appraisal bust because the appraisers are a lot of times in these flips, the appraisers are looking at what you bought it for. Mm-hmm. So you become your own comp. Right. Right. What did you do to it? So, okay, what did you do to it? Well, this isn't worth, you know, $100,000 more than what you paid for it. You know, so they, you, you become your own comp because you're selling them in such fast three or four months later, it's back on the market again. Right. Well, it's still showing up as a sale. Three or four months ago. Yeah. So. So that, that's where, that's where it catches them. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately everybody's addicted to making as much profit as possible. I yeah. personally operate. Yeah. If I was going to do a flip, um, I'm going to pay squared away guys to do work mm-hmm. because I don't want any headache. I don't want to chase anybody around personally. Well, that's, and that's the reason you hire the general contractor and hopefully they have the crews to get through. But I've been – it's so hard. I'm shaking get, my head. No. I'm like uh, – not that I disagree but more just 
what good like how like anybody like, who's worth their salt is jammed up and busy already with mm-hmm. multiple projects that's the problem and then they're they're also if they're good at what they do and they have the crews they're going after bigger work mm-hmm. which is not in the flip category that's so then the you issue. have to resort to joe snuffy who says he's a general contractor yeah whoa, and then man. you get burned yeah right. that, that's that's what's happened on a couple of different things so yeah but anyways you know i'm, I'm the, the flips that I've done, I, I've never lost money on them, yeah. and um, and we've always come out ahead. Um, but it's not the primary part of my business. I got you. You know, it's 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 a secondary. It's another bucket sort of thing. Sure. Um, but for me, but it's um, it's definitely something that uh, that I need my wife to, to chime in on with the flips. She needs to help me. You know, she helps me figure out things with those and helps me manage that a little bit and the, the finances and stuff. So, um, that's more um. And it, and it will become even more secondary because we're building a house right now. So the flips that we did last year, that that income from the flip income is going directly to the build of my own house. Smart. So um, they try to knock that down as much as possible. Um, I'm a terrible landlord, so I know that that's not going to happen. That's not your move, okay. That's not my move. I'm, I'm, a, I'm too Too emotionally man. connected. Yes, you get it? So... Oh, my cat died this month. I can't pay my warm. I can't pay my rent. Can you just give me till the fifteenth? Sure, I'll help you. And then I never see it. So that that it's been history. It, that's every time. I yeah, it's <laughs> awful. My kid got bad grades, yeah. and I had to pay for a tutor. Okay, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's brutal. Yeah. So I'm not that, the guy. I'm not the guy that's going to put why. the mattress in the door and take down your door when you don't pay or something. And again, know? that's that's why I would lean on Patrick. Yeah, yeah, Patrick right. Blackwell. right. Yeah, like, let Patrick, him let him manage yeah. that part of it. Yeah, yep. just get get paid, Patrick. Yeah. Just get to make sure it stays straight. Anytime That's I right. did it was always squared away. There was yeah. never any bumps cool. in the road when I used Blackwell. Well, then that's then that's where we'll go next time I even, <laughs> even think about it. And my wife cringes when she hears that she's going to be like, don't even talk about running. Are you right? I bet. <laughs> don't even talk about it. Well, so understanding that your mantra, one, is to be grateful. Mm-hmm. And two, um, you don't want to believe that there's always time, right? No, you, yeah, well, you can't live be, your life like that. What would be your upcoming goals? Um, Make today great make tomorrow better, you know, and just, and, and basically continue down this road of serving, uh, my clients to the best of my ability while maintaining a balance between my wife and my kids and my life at home. Um, outside of that, I mean, I, I've accomplished a lot of my business goals, Sure, you know, and, um, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy right now. I'm relieved. I'm, I'm fresh. Um, I feel like I did in honest, to, to be honest with you right now today, I feel like it's 2006 again for me. Like I feel really good. Like I'm energetic, I'm ready to go. I got passion. I love it. You know, it's, it's a, it's a new, it's a new perspective that I haven't had in a while. Um, so I feel excited about what's coming up. Um, so who knows, do, do I have in the, down this real estate road, do I have five, 10 years in me? You know, maybe I'm 47 going on 48 in March. And, uh, you know, do I, do I see 55, you know, 56 years old and maybe thinking about slowing it down? That's probably what's going to end up happening. Sure. Uh, working to that slowdown point. And maybe I can go back to what I did in college and, and manage the garden center at Lowe's and water plants. That would be awesome. Sure. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But that's, um, I'm just going to continue down this this road that I'm on right now and uh, make sure my clients are happy and get some repeat business and, and keep the referral business going um, and keep people 
you know, talking about me and uh, try to stay try to stay grateful. I also have a it's not a mantra, but I'm very clear on being grateful, mm-hmm. being satisfied with what I've got, yeah. what I've worked hard to achieve. Uh, one of my goals is to has to do with being grateful and probably about the time also. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go snowboarding with my buddy if he yeah. says, hey, let's go snowboarding in three weekends. I'm sure. like, yeah, man. Let's go. I want to have that flexibility and that freedom. If I, if, um, if I want to go on a, a, a trip, I should just go on a trip. But for me to do that, this is what I'm working on now. I'm developing it in a, it'll be a year or more. It's already been a year. Mm-hmm. Um, developing the kind of leadership that can run my company Yes. if I was ever absent whether it was a medical thing or, or even death, right? How are the families that I currently support going to be supported long term, or mm-hmm. at least for six to nine months after sure. something happens? And yeah. those aren't easy to build. Mm-hmm. I'm working with Vicky Fields. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know her, but she's helped me build systems. And um, through some coaching, I am working to develop systems where I can be gone for. Up to a month, maybe. Right. That'd be really neat. That'd be awesome. But that's a way to, for me to not have to have a mantra mm-hmm. of, you don't always have time. Right. It's kind of, you kind of go around it by just living a little bit different. You got to live, but you got to live. You got to yeah. live because, you know, for me over the next four years, five years, I'm going to have kids in a whole different place. You know, my, right. my son's going to be going to college. My first one's going to college and we're going to want to be involved in that. My second one's going to college next year or maybe not. Maybe he'll choose to go a different route. Who knows? I don't, I have no idea. That that changes all the time. So you know, is there a profession that 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 he's going to grab onto and run with? Um, are they going to? Does he want to be? Do they want to be realtors? Who knows? And I'm going to will support them in whatever way they can, that I can be supportive of them. And and so over the next four or five years, there's going to be a lot of things up in the air there too. You know, are we going to be traveling to, you know, go see sports down the road with my other son? Who knows? Right. You know, so I, we have to be open to that, and I have to be, and that's a Real estate has allowed me to to create that flexibility where if I have to go for a week and go do something, I can do it. You know, just like you're saying, and that's that's hugely important. So, yeah. this is the new thing I'm trying to do in the podcast. I'm trying to have. I didn't prep you for this, okay? But I want to wrap up a podcast with a tradition, and you're going to be the first one. Uh-oh. And hopefully, hopefully, you have this on the tip. The tip of your tongue because I need, I, need, I need to prep every single person moving forward from this one. Well, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I want to end the podcast with a joke. Okay. Do you have a joke you could tell me? Oh, my God. Right. You're tell a dad. Me. You've got to have a dad joke. It can tell be me. it can be as bad oh my God, no. as you want it to be. Like what makes your wife just go? Oh, come on! Like that oh, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Talk about talk about something else. Yeah, I, so, I have it because I so send them. Talk I, about I send them to my two friends, my two kids, and one of their yeah. friends. I send them a, a dad joke all the time, and I just got to remember now what. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. While you're thinking about it, I'll let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Bracken's Painting. Bracken's Painting is a residential and commercial painting company that's. Uh, Headquartered in Jefferson County in West Virginia, we service the eastern panhandle of Virginia, northern Virginia, and the Loudoun and into Fairfax counties, and we go into uh, the Winchester area as well. As far west, I'd say, as Berkeley Springs on a regular basis. So if you need painting done, call Bracken's Painting. The website is pretty simple, brackenspainting.com. And uh, they're licensed and insured in both Virginia and West Virginia. 
Do you have it yet? Oh, my God. So additionally, Bracken's Painting carries general liability insurance and workers' compensation insurance. General liability means if we're moving a ladder or something and we damage a window, break a window, drop a ladder on top of a Corvette, something crazy like that, we're able to put you in touch with our insurance company, make sure a claim is done, and that gets fixed for you. We're not Corvette repair people. Additionally, if somebody falls and slips on a wet piece of wood on a deck or falls on the steps inside your house, instead of the insurance claim being on your uh, homeowner's policy, it gets put on our workers' compensation policy. And the one thing I'll say to wrap up this plug on Bracken's painting is, and this is why we're waiting on Adam's joke, is it's okay to ask your contractors for proof of their insurance and you can ask for proof of their licensing and in West Virginia you don't have to have a contractor's license to be a painting company anymore but to do larger and legitimate work you usually want a painter that has a legitimate contractor's license additionally I don't know a lot about this um, West Virginia is a buyer beware um, state which means the homeowner is supposed to do their due diligence before hiring a contractor. So if you have a disagreement with your contractor and it turns out he has a bad reputation and you didn't notice that ahead of time and they have three quarters of your money but the job's not done, you're gonna have a heck of a time in court trying to get that right. So it really leans on the homeowners or the project manager to do their good research. And any of us that are squared away have our licensing and insurances on file. We could very easily get that over to you. Are you ready? Uh, oh, come dude, on. This is killing me. Okay. I'm so this pot, you got it? It's killing me. I mean, by now you could have Googled it. I know. That's what I'm, 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 I'm trying to go back to my old, <laughs> what I'm trying to I'm trying to go back to my old text message. Um, <laughs> um, just kill me. Um, oh, but, yeah. Again, I, I, if I was so going to. My son was chewing on some electric cords I had to and I had to ground him. Okay. All right. He's currently doing much better. <laughs> there you go. All right. Say it one more time slowly. <laughs> my my son was chewing on electrical cords, and I had to ground him. <laughs> He's currently doing much better. Current. That was one I just sent to him recently. That's, 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 that's perfect. That's that's perfect. And, and I'm sorry, Adam. So in the uh, future, I'll be yeah. sure to prep people to me. bring it, a joke. That, that was one I just I had sent to them a couple days ago. <laughs> Do their, their group, so it was just dumb. I love jokes, and one that makes me laugh every time is the same one I said on the Landscapers podcast, but it's odds are you didn't listen to that one. Um, what do you call it? And, and I promise, people who do listen to this on a regular basis, I won't repeat this joke anymore. I, won't, I promise, but it <laughs> really cool. makes me laugh. What do you call it when you're second-guessing dinner plans on tribal lands? <laughs> what do you call it? It's a reservation, reservation, reservation. God, that's a real bad joke. That's terrible. That's a bad one. All right, Adam, thanks for being on the podcast, hey, bud. Kevin, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Awesome. Today's conversation was brought to you by Bracken's Painting. You can find information about Bracken's Painting at www.brackenspainting.com for all of your residential and commercial painting needs. Give Bracken's a call.